Welcome to episode 73 of the Winging It podcast. We got a lot to discuss. We have the San Francisco 40 Winers uh, yeah. NFC Championship game that is go- a rematch that is going to be taking place this Sunday at 425. But the reason that everybody tunes into our episodes is for our guest. Behind every single business venture, there's an ideas guy, and this guy is no exception. He is the founder of Club 215. He's chopping it up at your favorite club or wedding. Uh, He's interviewing all sorts of people on this podcast called The Loft. I want everyone to give it up for Kev Nichols. Sup, sup, sup. Kev, thank you so much for joining us, man. I feel like you have your hands in just so much things that are going on in this fan base. Talk to us just a little bit about like what you have going on at any given moment. Uh, I mean, first things first, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. Um, but no, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm the kind of person who just likes to throw, some, throw things at the wall, see what sticks. And then if I enjoy doing it, I keep doing it. If not, I just move on. Like, there's so much stuff I, I try to do that I haven't talked about. Like I've done, I started a camera company. I've started all this stuff. I just haven't, you know. (laughs) That's crazy, man. Yeah, I just feel like you just like have such like an entrepreneurial spirit, and just like I didn't even know you were like the mastermind behind everything, right? Like we heard the the girls of two one five come in here a few weeks ago, and they kind of said like how you kind of push them and encourage them to do this, and that's been such a success. And you don't even have like the entire limelight on you, man. It's just it's really awesome to see yeah. um, that that you're you're an ideas guy. And and this whole club two one five thing, I mean, this just kind of happened recently. I mean, I was telling you in the green room before this, like I think that actually has the opportunity to be the biggest tailgate out of any NFL fan base. And I don't say that to be dramatic. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you found Club 215, kind of all that went into it, and and just kind of like some of the popularity and hype around it. Yeah. Um, so so I originally had tailgates in Enlot, and uh, it was just me and my friends. And I, I bought like my – I put all this stuff in my 2016 Honey Sonata. I put like a, a subwoofer, two speakers, a table – um, all, all my DJ stuff would go in my Sonata and then my roommate would come with me early in the morning to, to grab a spot. And, um, and then, so we would go grab a spot and I would set up an end lot and then I would have buses of people come. So I would, I would order buses and have people rent the buses out and it would just be me. And then everyone else would just pull up. And then, so like, I told myself that this season, obviously the Eagles have just gotten, you know. It's just the Eagles are doing really well. So I was, you know, how can I take it to another level? Like, how can I build this even more? And so um, I began to have a really good relationship with Dunphy because his wife asked me to do um, their niece's wedding, did their niece's wedding, met Dunphy there. And then Taylor asked me to do his surprise 30th birthday. So then I ended up doing that. And from there, uh, I asked Dunphy to come on the podcast. So I had Dunphy on the pod. 
And then me and him were like, yo, he's just like, I, I, I told him I'm doing a tailgate. And he's like, yo, like, I always want to do one. I'm like, all right, well, let's mm. do it. So we collaborated on it together. And then um, we were thinking of names. And I had, like, different names. He had different names. And he mentioned Club 205. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Like, so then we sat on it for a few minutes. And then I kind of thought about it more and more. Like, you know what? Like, all right, let, let's do this. And then so I made the logo. And because um, we're going to go on Fiverr and do it. And he's like, dude, no, you just do it. Like, because I'm like, and then so I was, I was like, all right. So I made the logo. Um, and then, yeah, just from there, I think once we got the, the the ball rolling, like the way my mind works is once you get me, it started with what I did, I come up with like 20 more. And mm-hmm. so like, so, you know, with his ability to market himself and his, he's already, his notoriety is already huge. Like, so then I've been like, my DJ connections and my, you know, I feel like I have a, a nice mind when it comes to marketing and, and, you know, editing and all that stuff. So it kind of just works out really well. And, and you know, because I've only been really been in the industry for a year. So it's kind of like mm. my first real step into it. So, um, yeah, so I was like, you know what, like, let's just try it, see what happens, go all in. Um, it's funny, we've had all these conversations, like, you know, we were like, all right, like, we're going to have this tailgate. We're not, we're not in it to make money. We're just in it to grow something and have fun and make sure the fans have fun. And then, honestly, I think once it was after the first tailgate, we knew we had something. And mm-hmm. then, um, I, like I said, like my, I, like my mind just kept rolling. I was like, how can we get, you know, better DJs to come on? Oh, look, Nick Spinelli hit us up, you know, biggest wedding DJ in the country. And then um, my good friends, Armitana Brothers, so, you know, how can we just make this a party that is fun and also safe, you know? So I just thought about how can I put all these things in place and um, so, you know, a lot of phone calls, a lot of being told no. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me no. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just about just staying consistent and, and, and dealing with the BS. And then, you know, I saw, um, I know my buddies Aaron and Josh at Boombox, they um, they were doing stuff for other for like other tailgates for like the Phillies and stuff. And, they, and they, they've been doing like private events and stuff. And so I hit them up and I'm like, not for nothing. Like, how can I prevent DJing out of the back of a U-Haul? So <laughs> I hit them, I hit them up and I was like, all right, like you boys want to be a part of this. So we had some meetings and we wrote up a contract and, you know, and then from there we grew our relationship. So it's just, it was just basically pretty much just one thing after another. Um, and yeah, just wanted to make the biggest and, and most fun experience for fans as possible um, for free. So It's funny, Kev, as you're talking, when you're talking about coming up with the name of Club 215, I can't help but just think back to how big of a deal it felt like when we were trying to like really land on what we wanted the name of, of our podcast to be. And yeah. we had like five different floating ideas and we were reaching out to a bunch of different people. I think we ended up just leaving it up to a poll, but it's, um, you know, half of it is like collaboration and having thick skin and, and being able to be told no. But then it's also like we need to come up with something catchy and fun that's going to be able to like grab yeah. people's attention. So yeah, uh, yeah. definitely relate. I think the biggest thing is just using what's around you. Like not for nothing, like, like Dunphy came up with Club 205, you know, cause you know, I'm in nightlife and he's, you know, he, he's out all the time, you know, and it's just simple. It's super simple. And like, even like the podcast, like it's called the loft. Cause we feel, I filmed it. I started in my parents' loft. So like, <laughs> it's like literally like it's just, it just comes to you. You know what I mean? So I try to keep it simple, but but no, yeah, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, I just wanted to create something that can be bigger than itself. And honestly, like a lot of a lot, things are moving really fast, which is really good. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it, most importantly. Um, but I love it. I mean, it's just what I love to do. I love building stuff. And I told myself, if I can do this for the rest of my life, then why not try it? Mm. You know? 
Kev, one of the things that uh, I'm I'm starting to appreciate you about about you more and more um, is you know we first started this this conversation and you were like yeah you know I, I haven't really done all that much right like the the level of humility that you have but you just walked us through like several minutes of grinding it out relationship building hustling you know it's I think I think that's the biggest thing I appreciate you about about you so far in this conversation you mentioned your your podcast the loft right like yeah one of the first things I saw about you you know completely separate from from our podcast completely separate from our conversations was your interview with Brian Dawkins like tell me about yeah. what that was like what you had to to do to to sort of like get that started and the kind of reaction that you saw from that interview just to interrupt real quick, it was yeah. funny. My roommate yesterday, he saw our the reel about having Kevin on. And he's like, "Yo, are you guys having Dawkins on?" All I saw was Dawkins' face <laughs> pop up. It's like, what is what's yeah, going right? on? I wish, right? No, yeah, um, no that that uh, that podcast uh, was such a huge um, uh, culmination of all the hard work and stuff I put in. Like, there's a lot of stuff, you know. People people aren't meant to see that stuff, right? Like, people are only meant to see the finished product, and that's just what comes with someone who mm. start who starts something. That's just that's just what it is, and I'm learning that really fast. Like, you're not meant to get, like, you're you're meant to be the unsung hero in a lot of cases, but you know, um, and I I think that once you you put the, the put the work in, consistency in, and no one has a choice but to see it, it's like that's when the recognition comes into play. But in the beginning stages, you're not meant to have that because that's what's supposed to fuel you and push you. You know what I mean? So like when I was like when I like had Dawkins on, you know, he came on, really good buddy of mine, Jordan, um, Jordan Spector. He was um, he came to me about because I've been helping him like behind the scenes for a minute, like helping him with like his sign, like picture signings and all stuff behind the scenes. And he mentioned that um, he was about to work with Dawkins. I was like, all right, that'd be a really cool episode of the podcast. He's like, yeah, like, let me talk to him. So we showed him some of my stuff and all that and then his agent um agreed so then we um we set up a date and i had to hold it in for like so long it was crazy like i had i had the flyer done for like two weeks three weeks and i couldn't tell anyone and um then then yeah so we set it up where uh we did it during fan fest we went to xfinity live shout out to jay roy at xfinity and he let us set up in the skybox so i got there an hour and a half early set up all the equipment and um yeah, then I mean, find the pod with Dawkins, and when I tell you, like that man, it just speaks to your soul. Like that was, it was crazy. I don't know if you guys like watched the full thing, but like I broke down at the end because I realized that I started my first episode with my buddy Nick in my parents' loft, sipping wine, talking about life, and not expecting anything from it. And then I'm sitting at episode 100, talking to Brian Dawkins face to face, you know, talking about life, like an actual conversation. It wasn't like an interview; it was a conversation, and. It was uh, it, it hit me like a brick wall because like I have always have such a chip on my shoulder, so being able to talk to him and, and, and him telling me that I'm supposed to be here like that you can't you can't not get emotional when someone like him tells you you know reassures you something that you've been wanting your entire life. So uh, I think the episode with Dawkins was great. He's a, a amazing human being, um, so genuine. Just like he he found him he called himself like he he kept thinking that he was like over speaking i'm like no like dude say every whatever you want you can talk for three hours like i don't care like it was just it was just a really cool and mostly humbling experience because like you know because it's so funny because like i said I'll, i always go back to the times where i was editing all every 99 episodes by myself like i would you know and it's all about the, the learning process and stuff like that so um it was just a huge culmination of, of everything coming together and like my hard work paying off you know 
Yeah, and it's it's one thing that I say, man. You you're you're definitely grinding and definitely working really hard. And and something that I that I mention a lot is, um, you know, the 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 harder I work, the luckier I get. And it's like it's no coincidence, man. Like I totally believe when Brian yeah. Dawkins said, like, hey, like you you deserve that because you you put the work and the consistency. And a lot of other people would would give up, right? We we talked about in the green room today. This is our episode seventy three. There's been yeah. plenty of times around episode thirty, episode fifty. When uh when when people didn't want to listen anymore and people didn't really tune in and we didn't have guests and we just we kind of kept powering through and now I feel like you know um there there's been a lot of payoff for for the consistency and grind man so that's uh that's an awesome mindset you have Andrew you I actually add something? Yeah. yeah well I actually just saw a video a couple of days ago of Christian McCaffrey talking about Brian Dawkins because uh, I think Dawkins was his high school coach and I mean basically you know consistent with what you're saying it's like when when that guy talks everyone just stops and listens and by the time he's done talking you're ready to run through a brick wall yeah, uh, yeah nobody can really just like cut to the core of you like Dawkins can uh, we had Dalton from 302 birds on uh, a couple weeks ago and you know asked him the player that got him into the Eagles which was Deshaun Jackson who just retired great 15 year career. So similar question for you. I mean, was was Dawkins the player that got you really into the Eagles? I mean, is he your favorite Eagle of all time? Yeah, I would say so. I, I love watching him play. Like his energy was just insane. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, yeah, this yeah, it was definitely Dawkins, man. It was it was Dawkins. I loved even love Brian Westbrook. Um, yeah, I think it was Dawkins and, and Westbrook. But like, even even that is cool to say. You know what I mean? So mm. definitely. Dawkins, just obviously, obviously, everything he stands for is just, you know. Yes, sir. It's, it's Philly. And a little bit of foreshadowing. Speaking of Dawkins and Jordan Spector, uh, we've we've reached out to Jordan. We're going to do something with the card unboxing uh, for the for the Dawkins card as part of that project that you guys were talking about. So we're really excited to to have some of that. And not going to lie, when he started uh, liking my story and stuff, I was like, Dawkins, when are you you going to come on the podcast, Weapon X? Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. You you can't make any of the shots you uh, you don't take. Um, you know, outside of just like these these like you know other ventures that you're doing, tailgating, interviewing, uh, DJing, and everything like that. Um, you're also involved with an awesome nonprofit. Um, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity. I've met with Meg a few times now. Uh, me and my wife uh just bought a whole bunch of stuff off the Amazon wish list, and even went further than beyond on on what was sent out. But can you tell us a little bit about the grace project and, and your involvement and, and, and the great yeah. things you're doing for, for the kids and, and honestly adults of the, uh, of the city? Yeah. Uh, the grace project is a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, founded by Megan Cohen, whose whole basis is about restoring hope. Um, you know, speak a little bit about, about Megan. Uh, so, and I'll tell you how we guys can, how we connected. Um, Megan, um, was, uh, suffering from addiction. Um, she's in recovery now. And she was living in Kensington. She was homeless in, in about every state in the country, um, you know, just fighting her addiction. And uh, she uh, she eventually um, hit her breaking point and got out of Kensington. And her mom was going to go out there, back out to Kensington, and tell her that, hey, I'm going to go donate food, clothes, hygiene products, et cetera, to the people out there. And Megan said, you're not going to do that alone. So Megan went out and uh, made a Facebook post saying, "Hey, me and my mom are going to Kensington. Who wants to help out?" And then, um, and then from there, uh, she got a, a lot of support. Uh, she was doing, she was doing it. Um, started it in 2020. I think it was August 2020, and um, 
so towards the end of that year, I saw a Facebook post. Uh, I was on episode four or five at that point in my podcast. And I had no involvement in the nonprofit yet. I didn't even know who she was yet. And, um, but my uncle was in recovery. So when I came across my Facebook feed, I was like, oh, so this will be an interesting guest. So I reached out to her and uh, I had her on. And, um, and then from there, she told me to come out to Kensington. I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, you're nuts. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, yeah, so then from there, um, after that, I sat on it for about a month or so. Finally went out to Kensington. And, um, yeah, then from there, I, I haven't stopped. And then my, my role has grown there um, every year. I've been there for almost two and a half years or so. Um, and, yeah, ever since then, me and Megan have gotten really close, you know, I consider our family. And then, um, yeah, we started building on all these programs. So first it was Kensington Outreach, and we were able to get a van for that. We were able to grow that. And then uh, we started uh, uh, not Hope for the Holidays. Hope for the Holidays. Megan had Hope for the Holidays first, but I wasn't a part of that yet. I, I came in the second year. Then it was uh, Give a Little Hope. Me and Megan started that, which was like our, um, our, our almost like a make-a-wish almost, where a kid gets nominated, we, um, we, we – Kids get nominated. We randomly select a child. Um, we we sponsor an entire day for them. So we'll take them to, out in a limo. We'll take them to. Uh-huh. We've done. We've done Nickelodeon Universe. We've done all these places. And we would, the videos uh, of that are awesome, by the way. You watch them. Thank oh yeah. Videos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we'll do like a little a little vlog style video, and then I'll edit the videos and put them out. Um, and then yeah, and then from there, then we we really pushed home for the holidays, which you guys are a part of now. And and yes, yeah, so we pushed we pushed that and. Um, yeah, and then ever since then, like I said, me and Megan got really close. We've done a lot of things together, like the all the meetings. Like I was able, I've been able to see like the the first, you know, the first hand um, epidemic, you know, this of of the opioid opioid crisis, you know. So I've been able to see that hand on, and hmm. it's been um, it's been a lot. But uh, being out in Kensington is probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done, above anything else. Um, you know, being you know connecting with another human being, um, and and you know giving them what they need without asking for anything in return i think that's where it all kind of comes from for me is that that i guess you call it humility but i just i just consider it you know people people help people you know what i mean that's just the kind of person i am and like tis the season yeah tis the season right um so once you know like i said once um you know once you've been out there you kind of understand why the grace project is so important to me and why the grace project is so important to the people of philadelphia yeah, and if anyone wants to get involved with the Grace Project, this is a, a charity that I'm probably going to be involved with on an annual basis. Um, but uh, we we've participated in the Hope for the Holidays program. Uh, we've sponsored a few kids, my wife and I. Um, it's really simple. They send you an Amazon wish list, and it's really heartbreaking to see some of the stuff that these kids want. Man, um, shoes, blankets, hats, like, like stu- yeah, that, that's stuff we yeah. take for granted, man. You know yeah. what I mean? So. It's it's really heartbreaking to see that like a kid just wants a Eagles blanket for for uh for for Christmas. So um I know we've we've kind of ventured outside of what that is and and provided some additional support to the family. Um but what is Club Two One Five doing with the Hope for the Holidays program? I see you guys have some giveaways and I kinda wanna announce something we're doing with y'all, but yeah, but walk us through what you guys are working on right now and 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 what that's looking like. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's pretty simple. So like a business model or not even a business model because it's all free, but a model we've, we've been doing for the tailgates has been to give away tickets for every game, at least almost every game. And that way it gets the fans involved, get the fans excited. And uh, one way I've been able to mesh the two is, you know, by doing a giveaway that, you know, for the Niners game and then with you guys as well is doing giveaways that 
you know, encourage people to donate to charity. Um, yeah. You know, because uh, I don't want people to have to get up out of their, their beds. I know how it is. Like, I don't want people to have to get out of their beds and go have to move and buy or you know, do stuff. If you can just donate $5, you're automatically entered a chance to win uh, tickets to a game. So we've been doing that. And yeah, that's that's just the most effective way we believe we can get the fan base involved. And if people like yourselves have an even more interest in getting involved, that's where that conversation can happen. But I'm not going to go and ask someone to get them more involved if they have their own stuff going on. So it's like $5 and a chance to win it a trip to an Eagles game is, is pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, so, I've sent, I, I've sent Ali virtual money, you know, in, in seconds after he proved me wrong with a lot of swinging at picks. So it's, it, yeah. I can vouch for how easy yeah. it is. You can just roll over and boom, send a couple of bucks. Yeah, yeah, so so I am excited to announce uh, that the Winging It podcast is going to be partnering with Club 215 in the Grace Project to help yes. hit their $25,000 goal this holiday season with a ticket giveaway. Uh, we are going to give away two tickets uh, to the Christmas game against the Giants, and all you have to do is donate $5 to the Hope for the Holidays fundraising page. Make sure you follow Club 215. And the wing in it page to be considered. But Kev, the second we thought of this opportunity, we were thrilled to get involved with you guys. We're thrilled to help impact some families and really hoping that we can get you guys closer to that $25,000 goal. So thank you for your partnership and, and everything, yeah. man. No, thank you guys. That's awesome. Like I said, it's, it's so nice to have you guys. You guys came in head, head first, you know, with, with all of this. So I really appreciate it. And, and seeing, the vision of, of trying to help people and restore hope. That's what it's all about. It's all about restoring hope. And, and that's, it's as simple, it's as simple as that. I think the world needs more of that. So anything I can do to do that, um, you know, it means a lot. So thank you guys. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, we got a game this weekend. So let's switch over to that conversation. The Eagles take on the 49ers coming at into Lincoln financial field. The Eagles are a three point underdog at home. Now, mind you, this is the first time, in the Super Bowl era, where a 10-plus win team was the underdog at home. Now, there are some exceptions to that with, you know, teams at the end of the season who are resting their starters, but this is the first time in the Super Bowl era where the 10-plus win team is an underdog at home against an opponent. So I'll, I'll shoot it over to you, Kev. What are your thoughts about this upcoming game? What are some keys to success, and, and what do you think the final score is going to be of this game? I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as everyone thinks it will be. Um, I, I think the key, to, the key to the game is Jalen Hurts and obviously our defense. If we can get to the quarterback, I think we'll be fine. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, I was even looking at Twitter and, like, we were, like, what, ranked seventh or something in someone's power rankings, and we beat four of the six teams that are ahead of us. Like, it's just, it's just insane. Like, it's all clickbait. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think, uh, I think, I think the key is – going to be Devontae Smith I think he's been really he's been really he's been killing it the past few weeks um but I think if we get Devontae Smith going and I think if Jalen could just be Jalen and we can get to the quarterback I think we'll be fine um I'm not really I'm not really scared of anyone in their offense besides McCaffrey um quite honestly and, and I think if we get Lane Johnson back uh I think we'll be fine <clears throat> My opinion differs a little bit. I am scared of quite a few players on, on their offense. Um, McCaffrey is a stud. Uh, he's currently the actual um, right now. He's he has the best odds of winning offensive player of the year. Um, you know, he can catch out of the backfield. Great running back. Um, but I'm concerned with Debo and and Brandon Ayuk and, and even Kittle, you know, so they have three guys and, and we've shown a little bit of vulnerability in our past defense. So I am I am curious to see how we shape up against them. However, 
I really don't need to see anything more than the Eagles being a three-point underdog. If you count this team out, they're going to win. That's just how it is. So I love that we're going into this game as an underdog. Um, The Eagles have won their last 11 games at the link against teams with a winning record. And uh, I'm expecting it to be a little bit of a lower scoring game as uh, just because um, I'm looking here. It says each of the last uh, five games against the 49ers have gone un- under the points total. Um, I will take the Eagles to win. Um, I think it'll be close. I think we might see, uh, you know, for two weeks in a row, the game of the year. But I expect the Eagles to come out on top. I'll say 27, uh, 23 Eagles. Yeah. Kev, did you hit us with a score prediction? Not yet. Uh I think it'll be twenty four seventeen, dude. Eagles. That's so funny. I have that written down right here. It's exactly really? what I have. Yeah, because like you have to, like, you, like honestly, like, if you look at the past two weeks, like you you think of it like a lot of the games have been chippy, but like at the same time, it's been and we've come from behind, but also we've we've had to deal with these like weather conditions that I feel like the Niners really have not to deal with. So it's going to come down to being chippy and, and and scrappy, and I think we come out on top every time. Good point. Yeah. So I think Ali is going to wow us with some and the. Analytics, Alilytics, and Analytics, and Analytics. We need a, we need a, we need to come up with a segment name for that. <laughs> um, so I'll give my analysis. I mean, I think, I, I think we're underestimating how big that Bills win was for us because so much pressure has been taking off of us now, where all the pressure is on the 49ers to come in. I mean, we have to lose two straight, and the other eight win teams have to win. Uh, they have to win two straight. We can lose two straight just to be tied and still have the number one seed because of the division matchup. So the pressure is really off of us here. Um, but this is the 49ers Super Bowl. And in typical 49ers fashion, if they don't win this game, they're done. Their fan base is done. They're giving up <laughs> on the team. It really is that way. Yeah. Um, the memes that will come out of this game will be some amazing Unlike any other memes that we've seen, the crying Debo talking trash about Bradbury, then doubling down on it this week. I mean, there is just so much on the line here for bragging rights. And if we lose, like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, we might drop to, you know, number nine in power rankings or whatever. But I do think we can beat this team. I think Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback for the West Coast style offense. Uh, You know, I don't think he's an MVP caliber quarterback, but he does have a lot of really quick decision making ability. Something that I think Jimmy G just couldn't have. Jimmy G was always like tap dancing. His feet were always moving. He always seemed a little bit off kiltered and a little bit unsure about his reads. Purdy's confident. He lets that ball rip. And you see it time and time again that he lets that ball go before the wide receivers break for their routes. And the second they do, the ball's already where it needs to be. And I do think that is a weakness. But this entire offense of the 49ers is revolved around Christian McCaffrey. And it has been shown time and time again that if you neutralize McCaffrey, it is going to be on Brock Purdy to win with his arm. And he is not the gunslinger. You can't run the misdirection dink and dunk offense when you're down by points. And that's how you lose games to PJ Walker. So I think the keys to success here are going to be no slow starts. Leave it up to Brock. And we know when we can leave it up to Brock, he won't get it done. Minimize the run. And I think that we will win. I don't think we need Jalen Hurts to have an MVP caliber performance where he's down 10 points at half. That's actually going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be the first team to get out to a lead first. I'm hoping that we go into the half 
with a 10 point lead instead of being down 10. Cause I think we'll, we will lose it then. Um, Kev, I'm going to just have to go against the grain here. I'm going to say 25, 18, uh, just to be one point away from you on my score yeah. prediction. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a bruiser type game. Um, I don't expect, uh, any team to break 30. I don't know. Andrew, what's the over under on this game? It looks like it's 47, 47, yeah. 47 and a half right around there. Yeah, I don't expect any team to break to break 30 right there. Right there in the 20s is, is about where I expect it. All right, Ali, hit us with the hard-hitting Ali-lytics. P.J. Walker's uh, number one fan, Ali. Yeah. P.J. Temple, T for Temple U. T for Temple U. Um, that's right, that's right. Um, you know, when I was looking at this game, I, I think the biggest concern that I have is really San Francisco's defense because everyone is lauding this defense as the number one team in the NFL. But when I looked a little bit closer, um, because numbers can often be deceiving, here are the offenses, the ranks of offenses and points per game that the San Francisco defense has faced. 28th, 16th, 32nd, 25th, Oof. first, first, which is the Dallas Cowboys def- offense, which we all know the Cowboys don't show up in the biggest moments of the season. 15th, 14th, 24th, 12th, 23rd, 19th. I have chills. Have, I have chills. This is this is so good. I'm sorry. They they have only <laughs> faced one team, one offense that's in the top ten in the entire NFL. I don't look at this defense and say they're they're kind of underperforming or they're they're kind of frauds, but I do look at this with a little bit of a pause to say I don't think this defense is as good as everyone thinks. The offenses that they uh, that they have played um, are fifth, sixteenth. 26th, 31st, 4th, 7th, 8th, and the 19th. So in the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm really glad you brought up Christian McCaffrey, Alex. The Cincinnati Bengals are the 19th ranked offense that they faced, and that was a loss for them. And the key to that game was how Joe Burrow got out to a very quick start, and they relied on Brock Purdy to go after and try to win this game. Christian McCaffrey, in the last 16 games when the 49ers have run over 115 yards, the 49ers are 13 and 0. When they've run for under 115 yards, they're 0 and 3. Those three losses that they've had this season are because Christian McCaffrey was held to under 115 yards, and I think that is going to be the key to this game. Jalen Hurts, obviously, we're all witnessing the late legend of Jalen Hurts live. I, I swear to God, I feel like this dude is is like Kobe or Jordan in the fourth quarter. But I don't think this is going to be a question of about, you know, whether or not Jalen Hurts can bring us back. I do truly think it's going to be whether our defense can stop the run and whether or not we can hold Brock Purdy to doing Brock Purdy things when he's down. So for me, I'm looking at the trenches in this game. The 49ers have the third best front four when it comes to um, Chase Young, uh, Javon Hargraves, Nick Bosa, who's the the last guy. Um, you say Chase Young? Did we say that? Yeah, Chase Young. I, for, I forget what the last guy's name is, um, but they have the third best front four. So Armstead? Armstead. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Mm. Um, Eric Armstead. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I look at this game and I say, can we hold them off in the trenches? And when it comes to their offensive line against our defensive line, I like our chances, except for Trent Williams. I think if the MVP race was not a quarterback-led race trent williams could have an argument for being one of the league mvps um but i do think that if lane johnson is healthy and he plays this game our chances are significantly higher to win this game so my score prediction is eagles 27 49ers 20 
24. Andrew, you said 23. So, love it. There it is. Is, yeah. is Jalen Carter on the injury report? <clears throat> I don't because if so. he's not, then if he's not, then we can just we'll, we'll just add that into our favor yeah. as well. We've never lost a Carter. game with Jalen Carter. The only <laughs> loss we had was against the Jets where he didn't play. Ali, that was the best Ali Lytics segment of this entire season. That was hard hitting. That was dude. I want to go like... run through a freaking brick wall right now, dude. Holy I just crap. felt like that gif of where the it's like Zach Galifianakis and he just he just sees all of the numbers and the equations. That's yeah. I'm just like oh, I'm just seeing all these different numbers. Let me, uh, that I, is awesome. Can I ask you guys a question? Do you think that this game is bigger than the Bills and the Chiefs? Uh, I think the Chiefs game was a little bit bigger um, just because Super Bowl implications, right? And what that looked like from last year. Um, but this is an inner division, right? This does matter in the grand scheme of just a W. This comes with a division win and a W. Yeah. Um, if we can lock up home field. Or, you if know, if we lost the Bills him. game, Kev, that would be a little bit different. But we're 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 ahead two games, right? right. So it's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. What do you think, Ali? I, I do think this is less of a big deal. I, I get what you're saying, Alex, as far as the interconference win and, mm-hmm. and you know, how tiebreakers work out in the, for the playoffs. Um, I do think from a confidence perspective, us facing Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, two quarterbacks that mm-hmm. are known to be improvisers and doing things that are kind of off schedule. Um is a is a huge huge confidence boost, right? If you're able to out scheme Kyle Shanahan, which I don't know if Sean Desai is going to be able to do, regardless, but if you're able to out scheme Kyle Shanahan, I think we've got a much better chance, and I think the confidence of just beating Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen back to back weeks is huge. Yeah, it's massive. It. In, in, in looking at the rankings of the NFL, it's really weird. I feel like there's a whole bunch of teams that have like seven wins and a whole bunch of teams that have like two wins, and there's like no in between. So with that being said, there's a lot of underdogs coming up this week. Andrew, explain how swinging it works. Oh, wait, wrong one. <laughs> swinging it. Underdog picks for the week. <laughs> Damn soundboard. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's swing for the fences again. Everyone, welcome back. It's good to be here. We've been here the whole time. We haven't gone anywhere. Uh, Real quick recap of how this game works. All four of us are going to pick an underdog. Kevin is going to represent the audience. And uh, how's it work? You just you pick an an underdog to win outright. And if that team wins, you're awarded the number of points that that team is receiving in the spread. So quick recap on the leaderboard. Ali got a victory. The only person to get a victory last week with Tommy DeVito and the Giants beating the Patriots. So three and a half points to Ali. You have 28 and a half on the year, followed by Alex at 17 and a half. Uh, The audience has 14 and I have 11. So audience has a chance to gain some ground on Alex. Ali is a little bit further ahead. So Kevin, we're going to start off with you. Who are you liking as this week's underdog pick? I like, it's going to sound crazy, but I like the Bengals over Jacksonville. Wow. Let's eight see. and so a half points. It says eight nine. and a half. Nice. Oh, nine. We'll give you nine. We'll give you nine. nine. Yep, nine on on DraftKings. That yeah. no Joe Burrow. That would be that would certainly be an upset. What's your What's your thoughts around that one? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think I see the way I like it is I like to see players um, pull an upset when they need to, and I think Jamar Chase and you know is going to have to step up and, and hope that hope that he can. So. I, like I said, I'm a swing for the fences kind of guy, like as you could tell. Um, but I like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Bengals this week. Nice swing for the fences is what we do in this segment. Ali picked the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys. 
earlier this season and it happened and it's why he's sitting on top because I think he's hit like two or three of those. So yeah. And I've said crazier things have happened and I've sent virtual funds Ali's way every time, which I will certainly be doing for the grace project as well. Uh, I am going to take the Eagles because there's not going to be many opportunities. There's never, I don't know if this opportunity is going to happen again in the next couple of years. So I'm taking the Eagles while the opportunity's there. They're a three point underdog. And if, if I'm able to win and the audience doesn't, I will be tied with the audience, which is something I've been striving for since week one. So uh, give me the birds, baby. I absolutely love tonight's Thursday night matchup. Dallas Cowboys against the Seattle Seahawks in Dallas in Jarrah world. Ali and I will be down in Jarrah world uh, next, next week as well. Um, The Seattle Seahawks are an eight and a half point underdog. That (coughs) seems criminal to me. That seems criminal to me. I don't know if they'll squeak it out, but that spread is just massive. Uh, is Geno Smith hurt? Like, is there any like big news coming out of Seattle? I don't think so. I haven't heard yeah, anything. Yeah, the news is that Dak, Dak Prescott's the MVP, Alex. Yeah, crazy. Wild, haven't, wild. Beat a, haven't beat a single team over 500, and that's the story here. Um, <laughs> do, this is this is typical. This is a typical game. Prime time. Dallas loses. Give me the Seahawks eight and a half points. What were we gonna say, Kev? I'll just say I have Dal. Uh, I have Dak in fantasy. I picked him up off waivers like a few weeks ago, and he's been killing it. So he's yeah. been killing it. Just make sure he's not paying any teams with winning records, and you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex, I I see nine on DraftKings, so I'll even give you the the extra half point. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Fanduel is uh, is robbing us today. It's two half right? point discrepancies we found. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I, I just saw this tweet, um, Dak Prescott, and we can get into the Cowboys game, obviously, next week. Um, but Dak Prescott is 9-24 and against teams that finished with 10-plus regular season wins. And he had he is 54-16 and versus teams with fewer than 10 wins, which is the biggest drop in win percentage uh, versus 10-win teams compared with teams with 9 or fewer wins since 1970. Wow. That's what we call ass-ass. Yeah, <laughs> or shady. Can I say it on TV? Um, <laughs> that is ass ass. You guys took all of the ones that I wanted. Um, Still Green Bay against the Chiefs. You can take that one out. <laughs> you know what? Give me, give me Green Bay against no the Chiefs. Way. I'll take that. I'll take that right now. That'll be a forty-point game. Oh man. <laughs> Green Bay off of a big win against Detroit on Thanksgiving, winning two games in a row. Ballsy, ballsy move. I'll take it. All right, Kev, it's become a little tradition of ours, but we're going to give you the responsibility of closing out episode 73. Take it away, my man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching the Winging It podcast. I'm Kev Nichols. That's Andrew. That's Ali. That's Alex. Peace, guys. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds.